Welcome to Gritty Girls, the podcast. I'm Jillian Christie, and my passion and calling is really all about helping as many women realize that they have a scalable superpower, grit. If you're into hearing from badass, world-class women who just happen to be top chefs, athletes, entrepreneurs, filmmakers, artists, and activists on how they achieve their loftiest goals despite their greatest life challenges, then you don't want to miss the Gritty Girls podcast. Your journey to get inspired by phenomenal women around the globe and to learn how to cultivate more grit in your life starts now. Emmy Award-winning TV host and producer McKenna Maduli left her home and island of Oahu when she was only 18, with her heart set on Hollywood. Now a woman rich with life, love, and career experience, she returns to the islands 18 years later, hosting her very own TV show that celebrates local talent and the vibrant culture of the islands. With health detours and the general roadblocks of the entertainment industry, McKenna fills us in on what has kept her going after all these years and what formula you can adopt to do the same with your life. So, first of all, hi, I miss you. Hi, I miss you too. It's (laughs) almost been like maybe two years, three years since I've seen you, I think. In real life? Is that real? No, I think so. Because I left LA, actually that is, I don't know, it's like a year and a half. Okay. Okay. It still, it still feels like too long. I feel like I get to see you a lot though on the interwebs, um, in your new show and all the fun things you you're doing right now. It's so amazing. Um, Miss Emmy award winner. Crazy. (laughs) I, I can, I can because I knew you would, uh, and it's amazing. And I can't wait to talk more about that and all the things, but I wanted to bring you on here because you are an exceptionally gritty human and you've, you've made so many things happen in your life by pushing through and working really hard and, and um, you know, always keeping your eye on the prize. I know you're a very big vision board person and, you know, vibrational manifestation person. So I would first love to start with, I know you moved out to LA when you're 18. You're just a little one. Yeah, I was actually a little, I actually moved to San Fran. I went to California, but I was in San Fran. I left here, uh, Hawaii, maybe a couple days after I turned 18. And I was there in the Bay Area for three years, just about three years. And then I moved to LA at barely 20, 21 years old, right before my 21st birthday. And I went to UCLA. I did the broadcast extension program there. And I got an internship at KBC. And it's sort of, I didn't really know what I wanted to do at that point in my life. I was so young, but I knew that I love talking to people and I loved storytelling and I started in hard news and hard news and I will always be a news junkie but it was really hard for me because I'm such an emotional person I'm such an empath where I I feel everything like you around you you know vibes be real and (laughs) it's hard for me to report death and and news and like it just was difficult and so one day I was asked to apply for an entertainment uh, internship with George Pinocchio who's big in LA KABC's reporter and out of a couple hundred students I got this internship right after Hardy's internship and I fell right into the lap of entertainment reporting and I'm, I'm still doing it even though it's different here in Hawaii it's actually not that different it's just it's just here in my homeland 
So going from like the hard hitting news, which I get it because it's your, when you're an empath, especially you kind of absorb all the things and you have, you know, all those emotions around the things that you're actually speaking on. So you're feeling it all the time. So what was the difference going into entertainment? I know you, now you're talking more about like pop culture and, and, you know, and I know specifically in, you know, Honolulu, it's more like culturally local to that. Right. So yeah, what's so, like, what's that? I know, I should back it up a little bit. So I, I've fallen from hard news in entertainment news and I became an entertainment reporter after my internship. I got a job as a tape librarian at NBC's Access Hollywood. So I would log hours and hours of footage and tape and I became a PA and I really learned, you know, when I went from the bottom now here, like, you know, really <laughs> at every position and I was hungry. I was hungry to learn and digest information and just always look for the smartest person in the room, connects and networks. And um, I did that for a long time. And, you know, I got to really lucky. I got to work for the likes of MTV and Billboard magazine and, of course, Access and do a bunch of fun music shows all over um, all over the country and the world, actually. I went to Mexico for a bit and then I also went to uh, Europe. And I just wanted to come home at some point. You know, it's a very long story. It's been my career is almost actually two decades long, which is insane like how does that even happen you know <laughs> um, and when I wanted to you know I, I got burnt out in LA and I kind of sort of felt this I would go to these red carpets and I would go to these events and I would I would leave there not really feeling I would feel there feel almost less of than showing up there and it was something that I started to feel like my light or my passion wasn't necessarily there I would be pinched by publicists on, on a red carpet I would be sort of uh, you know these it just the energy I wasn't feeling it I loved it I mean I'm a I like junkie news junkie all types of news so uh I moved to Austin for a bit uh and barely there and I really really wanted to come home and here in Hawaii we have our ancestors which are called kupuna and I was really I was in Austin one day uh waiting for Kimo to come home from work and I just heard this voice in my ear that said go home mm. and it said go home it said Hale sweet Hale and uh it actually said the station that I went to and I was like Oh, and I got scared. I got really scared. And I was like, what is this thing talking to me? And I think one of the cool things about Grit, Girl, Grit Girls is that, and Gritty Girls is that they, you, these are these voices, right? These little inner voices and these things that come up inside of you. And, you know, he came home from work one night and he said, I got to tell you something. I said, I got to tell you something to do. And um, he told me what his goal was. And we had, it was kind of crazy because he had a goal and I had a goal and so we had dinner and probably 15 minutes after we had had dinner we went on to this website and um, found the job that took me back home like 15 minutes you know how you can see the time post for the job so I came back and I was a local weather girl there aren't many television positions here in Hawaii there's maybe 15 to 25 total okay for the total. whole state and I didn't know what I was going to do I wanted to create something so I did three cities in three months, girl. And you know, because you helped me back. I do know. You helped me back. You dropped me up at the airport, actually, when I went to Austin. <laughs> and so it was like, I did Austin to go be with chemo for a bit. And we had a place there. Then I did LA. And then I grabbed my puppies, LA and Hala. Mm -hmm. And I moved here to Honolulu. And I just kind of jumped in. And it was really, really hard for me. Let me just say, when you want to talk about, oh, you're moving to Hawaii. You're 
it's going to be great. No, it was one of the hardest transitions of my entire life. For for 17 years, I had come here only for vacation, Mm -hmm. only for spring breaks in school, only for Christmas, for birthday parties. And so moving home full time was shock. It was really, really hard. And if we want to talk about something that was deep, you know, I would... It, it was like, I didn't understand those feelings. I didn't understand why I was like, so I was supposed to be happy. Mm-hmm. And I was working crazy hours. I was working on the morning news from like 2.30 to 10.30 in the morning. And I did it for two years. I was a morning news reporter and I loved it, but I just knew that there was something else I wanted to do. And I took a jump and a leap of faith after two years, I was going to extend my contract. And I thought really, really hard about it. And I just was like, no, this is, there's something and I want to create a television show. And I had started working on a reel back in 2015 or so of some of my closest friends in Hawaii um, who were all entertainers and, you know, producers and artists. And I grew up here in the entertainment industry with my dad. So I was always making backstage passes or helping my parents with concerts or I was underneath, you know, my dad's studio listening to music. And I just sort of decided to leave and jump. I had no idea what I was going to do. I still had my place in LA. So I was like, all right, maybe I'll go back to LA. And it just didn't work out like that. And I met with my wonderful general manager now um, and someone uh, and another manager. And they just said, I told them, I was like, listen, I, these are the things that I want to do. And they didn't have a position for me. They didn't know, but they knew that they're like, wait, So they said, don't go back to the mainland. Don't go back to California. And they brought me in and I didn't really know exactly where it would lead to. And it's led to this amazing two years. I've been there for almost two years. This Emmy, this incredible show talk story that's given me a platform to shine a light on all the beautiful people who come from Hawaii. And these are not just, you know, we breed people, you know, like a Bruno Mars and a Colton Wong who's won the gold glove from, you know, last year. And we have uh, Tia Carrera. We have an MMA four time world champion, Ilimale McFarlane. Like we have talent here in Hawaii and Mm -hmm. we've had little shows here and there that have um, really elevated the talent, but it hasn't been around for a while. And I just got in at the right time, the right place and with the right people and it fit, but it was, it was a lot to get there. With all of that. I mean, it fit because you had been, you know, working towards it that whole time. You had this clear vision of what you wanted eventually. And you had, it was maybe six years in the making, but yeah. that timing was kind of perfect. And I just want to kind of take it back to, this is 20 years of oh amazing serendipitousness that has brought you to this beautiful place in your life, mm-hmm. um, back home. You know, going back to, you know, when you're 18 years old, moving to Los Angeles or San Fran and then Los Angeles, you know, there's that catch 22, especially for the young kids coming out of college. You know, it's like, well this is what I want to get into. This is my major, but I have no experience, but you won't give me experience. So how do I get experience in this thing? So can you explain like how you first got, I know you had the internship, but how did you get your first position in television? And, and was there that pushback? Like you don't have experience yet or anything like that. Oh, absolutely. But that's why I started in the tape library. And, you know, it's funny because, um, gosh, I can't, he's going to kill me, but he was the one. And it was Hawaii has always brought me connections. You know, we are a small island community and we have a lot of aloha and we help one another, you know, immensely. Like we're ohana, family means everything. And so Rob Fukuzaki, that is who it is. Rob Fukuzaki from ABC7, he was a sports 
anchor. And I had met him um, at, again, networking and going out and being visible and making yourself available. And, you know, when we talk a lot about energy, too, just like having an open energy of just like, okay, aligning to what is supposed to come to you. And I remember meeting him and he's like, hey, local girl, because I had a flower in my hair at the internship and he knew someone at uh, Access Hollywood and it was hard and you know connects are always easy but you have to be prepared you have to be prepared you have to know your shit um you really have to and I had to I mean I went in there I met again with them uh before I got the position and if I were to be an 18 year old and you say no experience keep trying I mean I just interviewed somebody uh who spent 10 years in prison and like I mean his story touched me so much because I correlated his story to me you know he said I applied for 72 jobs and didn't you know I applied for he applied for 72 jobs and he didn't get he got finally like the last one that he got but like I went to 72 auditions I went to 72 auditions and faced rejection not telling me you know no one knew what I was I'm a half you know I'm a mixed plate of things my dad is Hawaiian Filipino my mom is blonde hair green eyes from San Fernando Valley and so they're like is she Mexican is she Indian is she and so at this point in the early 2000s no one really knew what a mixed girl or supported mixed girls or brown girls for Mm -hmm. you know uh it was the place, you know what I'm trying to say? Totally, totally. But that doesn't come easy to everyone that, that keep going attitude and that, you know, kind of almost, you almost have to let the rejection slide off your back, even though it is affecting you for sure on a deeper level. Um, Where would you say, or when in your life, would you say you really developed that like no quit uh, grit attitude? No quit grit? I think I'm still developing it, girl. I'm still developing it. And I have chicken skin right now because life is tough and life is so, so hard. And even this year, um, with what we're facing in these unprecedented times and these really, it makes me emotional because people are, mental health is becoming such an issue. And, you know, when you talk about grit, we all have grit. We all have it in us and we all have that mana or that energy or power that we are able to. And it's such hard work evolving and growing ascension. Um, all of that is really tough work. And I don't think I have an answer for when I, I I'm, I'm about to be 39 in a couple weeks and I'm still learning that I can get more gritty. <laughs> It's a lifelong journey, right? It's a definitely a lifelong journey, but it's a muscle that you build, you know, and you've, you've definitely been building on it for so many years, um, which is awesome. And on this show, we talk a lot about, and you brought up already, energy. Energy's real, right? The vibes be real. <laughs> vibes be real. I'm a big energy person, as are you. <laughs> totally. And, and I know like grit has a lot to do with, you know, the hard work and the pushing through, but it has so much to do also to your point with mentalness and mental health and energy and kind of believing in yourself, right? That you can keep going because when you have that like mental fortitude, it affords you all the energy for the physicalness, for the physical yeah. push through. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when, what types of things do you do when you're feeling like lower energy to like bring yourself back to keep going? Ooh, that's a tough one. And I'm just learning um, self-love, self-care. Mm. I've just started, you know, even now, like your body, your body's a vessel, eating right, what you put in. I, I Again, I'm a very big vision boarder. I journal. Um, I also, you know, I used to always say ask, believe, receive. And now I'm saying ask, believe, surrender. Because if you surrender it, 
then and if it aligns to you and what is supposed to align to you um I think I mentioned this before well we've had many late night talks but I always um was taught that you know never give up obviously my mom and dad have taught me that but someone once wise told me maybe seven or eight years ago like there's an ATM in the sky there's an ATM of abundance and once you get that pin code right in you and you are once you get that right there's no stopping you and that's sort of how I feel and sometimes I I get you know like oh got the wrong number Uh," but once you get that right and you sort of let go of things that are tying you down you just flag, girl. Oh yes, that's that's beautiful. And I, <laughs> I do I do want to touch on your um, vision board uh, <laughs> because you're quite talented at them. They are quite possibly the best vision boards I've ever seen in my life. I think the one that used to be in your house in LA was 12 feet tall. <laughs> like it was gorgeous. Like maybe like especially for a young girl who's maybe never made one. Like what is it about? Why would you make one and what types of things you put on yours to like really manifest? Yes, young girls, I could not any you can be 65 years old and make a vision board. I believe in them so much and it's to give you energy and visually see words, you know. I've, you know, I have the big one above my office right now and that was from LA and you know, I did that back maybe now five years ago, that big one. And I've taken it off last year and I've put new things. Some things fall off and some things you realize are not meant for you. But I put things like heal yourself or heal thyself and God, the root. Um, I know, you know, I think about family. I put all things about career and what it's so crazy. I had Emmy on there. I had MTV on there. I had NBC. And they're just little reminders and triggers for you. You know, when you keep saying to keep going, I feel like vision boards are little like knock knocks totally totally it's almost sub subliminal too right you're seeing this thing every single day and um again like your vision boards were so beautiful that it doesn't have to be like an eyesore of of mixtures and you know of, of different you know sayings or visuals it could be just this beautiful thing that really speaks to yourself and mm-hmm. that subliminal i keep seeing it every day and i know you said it, it's crazy the emmys were on there this was on there but was it so crazy because you created that and then you manifested it, you know? I think that it's insane because I never knew how I would get there, especially this year um, with the Emmy. And I, and I, I do want to talk about that because that was a gritty situation as well for me. Um, but I had worked the Emmys for maybe 12 years, the real, the primetime Emmys. And I would sit there in the dress rehearsals and the live shows, and I would be the one seating celebrities. And I would look and I'd just be like, wow, like, that's so cool. Like, how do I do that? And, and I, I didn't honestly, Jillian, know how I would do it. It was something that I just said, but I want to, I want to try and I want to try to get there. And you know, when I was nominated this year, uh, we had two nominations. Talk Story had only been on the air for three months. And we'd got, oops, excuse me, we got two nominations. And I was like, this is amazing. And we actually, uh, it was shocking, even though you want to say you get there and you're like, holy moly, okay. But when the nominations came up the day after, I was in fetal position crying for 24 hours. I couldn't, I couldn't celebrate it because we were in a worldwide pandemic. People were losing jobs. There, People didn't know how they were going to pay things. And I felt guilty. I felt guilty for wanting to celebrate something and celebrate something I had manifested or wanted. And it just, it didn't go. I was like, yeah, flowers, champagne, beer, let's celebrate. And it was, I, Emmy nomination night, truth be told, I spent it in my bedroom, fetal position crying. 
And that's what grit to me is, though, is because you be, you can have something that people look up on this pedestal and say, oh, look, I got this little shiny nod or I got this shiny thing. But it's the pain and the growth and the expansion that happens. And it actually makes me super emotional because that is what it takes to be successful and to be a, a, a good person of just knowing that like, okay, I'm going to work hard, but now I have to work harder and I'm going to share this light. And this is for my community. You know, talk story wasn't for me. This whole thing that's happened, this is for my Lahui, where I come from and my family, my parents and my kupuna who brought me back home. And I know it's so important to you and it, it, it's so close to your heart to, you know, kind of go back home and celebrate and lift up like everything and everyone and your culture around you. Um, yeah. So I love that. I'm so proud of you. And you know what? I, I, I feel for you um, in that moment that, that could have been and should have been maybe celebration. You know, you're feeling all those things, but that's so human of you. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that too, because I think sometimes people, um, we look, we look at the outside and the achievements and, and all these things. And we just think glamor, that's glamorous. That's great. And we're all human. We all have our things. We're all, you know, kind of riding this, this ride, especially to your point during this pandemic, everything that's going on. And I totally understand like feeling maybe that, that little bit of guilt, but you shouldn't, I'm celebrating you right now. So congrats. Yes, no, I- learned and I, I girl I have had therapy on this I have had Reiki I have had <laughs> I had to kind of realign you know where that came from because that it shouldn't have but it was real and it was valid and I let it and I let it come up my brother is so cute my brother had made me like a crab dinner something to celebrate that night and I was like mm. I can't celebrate right now and that was still something that I had to learn that I am allowed to do that and for people watching who think like you know comparisons or that's a big one too comparing you don't everything that you feel or comes up for you and I'm just learning this too is like it's got to come up let it come up and if you feel childish immature greedy crazy if you whatever that is let it come up girl because if you push that back down it's just going to come back up again and surrender it that is my new like it's always been my word you know I've had it everywhere from Miss Oprah but I feel like I'm just coming into knowing that is and another important word, Miss Jilly Pie, for me this year has been discernment. I have never, I've never ever stood in discernment, and this year has been the first year that I really understood what that meant. Wow, and that's that's so great. I was gonna speaking of, I was going to just ask you, what is the greatest? You're saying discernment's the greatest lesson you're learning this year. What is perhaps the biggest mistake, whether it's personal or professional, you feel you made, but you've learned the most from in your, in your whole life. Validity. Validity. I think that I have always searched for my validation through others. And I think it's come through a lot of this generation too, of how some of us have been raised. I think that, you know, for me, I always thought growing up in in an Uncle Walt, Uncle Disney World, Disney movie, that I was going to be a princess and married at 24 and have babies and have career and have all of this in this, this timeline. There's no timeline. (laughs) There's, that's a limited belief system that was just pushed on us. And again, I will shout it to the rooftops that I'm about to be 39 in two weeks. And I still don't know what I'm doing. I'm just doing it and I'm living and it's taken me a really long time to find that recipe. And I think it'll be, like you said, what do you say? A lifelong muscle, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's a lifelong muscle building to get that grit, you know? It is. It is. And I, I'm, I'm happy. 
That's a, that's such a great lesson to learn, especially like if you're, if you're trying to instill that in the young ones, was there a, was there a turning point where you really realized like, wow, I've got to find my validation within me and not from the outside? Um, I would probably just say recently in the last couple of years, have I really let that settle? I think being a people pleaser and always wanting to, I'm a double Virgo and I want to always malama and host and be and decorate and keep people warm and have aloha. And I think that sometimes, I don't know, I think sometimes we don't know our own superpowers and strengths, you know, femininity and being a woman and coming into that strength. And I'd always been concerned about other people, how they perceived me. And I've like, I've recently learned that like, it's all about my own perception and who I am, what I want to be about, what I want to share. I use the word hulali a lot, which means reflect light in Olalo Hawaii. And that's all I want to do. But you have to do shadow work inside of you and you have to get those Aki aki roots, you know. I do a lot of root root cutting, a cord cutting, and stuff. And I I don't I I think I still have a lot of turning points to come. But if I were to give you one, um, it'd probably be. I think you remember this maybe about five years ago and I was presented with uh, somewhat of a lawsuit to some from someone who said, hey, you know, I had pitched this show, da 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 da, and having that kind of being taken away from me and being like it was almost the message to me was like this is not what I was trying to perceive or put out there was not my life I had created it this person had created it but to fight for that had kind of made me learn validation of like no you know having something does that make sense totally and this is this is uh someone who had shot you know kind of your vision of what you were trying to create and produce and when you were shopping it was trying to take that the rights from you is that how it was going down yeah. And it was hard. It was really, really difficult for me to kind of do that. And that was a good lesson to ladies who are watching in business. Always, you know, to me, the way that I was raised, you look me in my eye and you shake my hand, done deal, right? There's that trust. There's that. Uh, but I've learned a lot about business and being a smart businesswoman and asking and knowing your worth is super important. Beautiful. Know your worth. Amen, sister. Um, I I love like everything you're sharing right now is just so beautiful. And it's like, you know, I've, I've gotten to witness you just completely blossom. Right. And like life isn't this, isn't this trajectory of just straight up, you know, line. It's, it takes a lot of twists and turns and all these, these things. And I've gotten to see you just really kind of Uh, manifest everything you said you ever wanted to do right um what like was there ever a time where you were just like you know what this has gotten too hard or you know maybe I don't want this I want to quit I'm done was there ever a moment in your life where you felt that Uh, I don't know if I ever felt like I ever really wanted to to quit. I know that there's moments down low um, a couple of years ago, and this was really hard at 36 or 35, going into 36. um, I had been diagnosed with stage three endometriosis. And you know me, I'm a lover of babies and children. I have 11 godchildren. So it was really difficult for me. And I think coming back to Hawaii, going through the 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 legal stuff going through what I was fighting for coming home moving that transition that 2016 was such a huge transition for me and when I got diagnosed with that it was like 
okay, wait, now you're going to, now you're going to take babies away from me too. Like you're going to take your meaning universe, God, what it is. And that's when I, when I think about lows, I think about, okay, so I'm not where I'm at in my career yet. I'm not married. I don't have a family yet. And now you're telling me there's a possibility that I can't have children. That was probably the lowest of lows for Mm -hmm. me, but I had to, I had to feel it. I had to like, I I had, and I had to surrender it. And I know, you know, that's still something that I'm not there yet. And that's the best part though, is that the best is yet to come. And I can look forward to being a a mom and I can look forward to the rest of my life. And all of these things of manifestation are still going to grow. Yes, ma'am. Amen. And I'm, I know that's got to be so hard, especially not only the news, but like the actual physical pain that you go go through like intermittently. Like I, I know I see, I think it, there's flares every couple months or yeah. whatnot. And that's, I, I can't even imagine, you know? Yeah. Like a lot of, um, a lot of feminine or female, uh, diseases or fertility diseases, they're the silent but violent ones, you know, and unfortunately, there's not a cure for something like endometriosis. I have a girlfriend who recently got diagnosed with PCOS. uh, And they it is it's super painful. And I, you know, I had a surgery and I was like, okay, and for us as Hawaiians, our belly button, they went into my tummy. um, And you that's your pico and your core, right of your energy. And so a month later, it had come back. And they wanted me to go to do surgery again. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to keep on doing these surgeries. And I was like, I'm going to heal myself. And that right there was a very important turning point for me because I wasn't just going to go under and have them, you know, take this stuff out of me. I was going to work really hard to heal myself, not be in pain. So I started doing Reiki. I started doing acupuncture. I started doing drinking teas and holistic. And I really, that stuff helps, you know, I really believe in all of that. Totally. And for anyone who, I mean, that may not really understand what endometriosis is, did I say it right? Endometriosis. Yeah. So it's a growing of the uterine lining that happens outside. Instead of inside where it can grow, it grows on the outside and it can get everywhere. When um, I had surgery, it was, they found it in five places. uh, And my surgery was supposed to be 45 minutes and ended up being almost two hours. And it was excruciating but that too if you want to talk about energies and all of you know what was happening I was unhappy at my job I was unhappy with just the, the, it was I was making myself sick and I honestly believe that I have gotten this horrible thing but I don't live with it I am dealing with it and it just learning to just heal myself make myself comfortable and find holistic means to to do that I didn't want to take medication I didn't want to go back and just have all these surgeries which you almost have to do and everyone is, you know, what they decide to do is totally their own, uh, their own thing. But I found a good mix for this. And I want to be an advocate. This endometriosis affects one in 10 women in the world. And it's very painful. It's not fun. And again, it, it can deal a lot with fertility and infertility. What, how did you know there was anything like, what were the signs to you that I should go check this out? Oh my gosh, I was at my 36th birthday party at Kaimana Beach here in Waikiki and I was like, I was drinking, I was in the water, I was with my girlfriend Uilani and I came back and pretty much collapsed on the beach and I was in so much pain, I didn't know what was going on and we went in and we found out two weeks later, but it's just painful. Wow, wow. So that's, I mean, that's that's definitely a sign, uh, I would say. So if anyone is having that, to go to get that checked out for sure. Um now in your life, you have, let's talk about talk story real quick. Cause here you are, this is your show. That's like, I feel like I, I saw it being birthed. You know, you have this baby that's just so lovely and you, you know, you get to just 
really live and glorify the the Hawaii ways in it, right? Yeah. It's been so much fun, Jilly, to put together. And it's, you know, the music was incorporated from my childhood. Do you know Israel, Kamako Vivo Ole? The, yeah. you know, the Hawaiian Superman song and Somewhere Over the Rainbow. My dad produced his first album, so it was so neat to have something that he had said my name at the end of the song. We incorporated the music. My parents are on it. My brother's on it. My family. One of the Emmys that we got nominated for was the first segment from the first season of the first episode, and it was all about my life and the 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 uh, gosh the category that it was in was lifestyle and I couldn't believe it that day the day that I cried myself to sleep but I couldn't believe it I was just like oh my gosh we got nominated for an Emmy for life it was a lifestyle award I'm like this is my life this is my lifestyle and that was really cool validation that <laughs> that it was like I had always been right where I was supposed to be and no matter how hard it got it was it, it was it was nice and um we we celebrated the Emmys here in Hawaii which was really cool and the talk story is just a dream come true and we are starting to shoot a season two in just two weeks and because of the pandemic we had to get really really creative with how we abide by the rules Honolulu right now we are on a somewhat of a lockdown uh with some rules just given our rising numbers. Uh, we've gone up 234% in the last two or three weeks, which is insane. Wow. Uh, and so this is going to be a new way for us to talk to people from all over the world too, using the virtually. I'm bringing people into the, my, new, my little studio, which is great. And my dad is now going to be my one-man band in studio, which is really cool because that's I never that. <laughs> And it's just, it's fun. And I'm so excited to see where, where it goes. There's many, many more things that I want to do, but Talk Story is, is a check off that vision board. I love it so much. And of course, you, it's on in Hawaii, but can't us mainlanders stream it somewhere? Yes, we are on. We start October 11th at 7, p- 7 p.m. We're on the NBC affiliate here in Honolulu. And then we're also on K5, which is a station that I hold very near and dear to my heart. And then you can watch it worldwide at talkstorynow.com um, at those times. And we post them, you know, like this. It lives on forever. So totally. even if you want to go check out some of the episodes now, they're all up at talkstorynow.com. I love that, McKenna. And it's so, it's so fun seeing you in your element and like really just getting to celebrate like your life and like your, your home and the people you grew up with. And it's such a, it's, it's, it's such a simple, beautiful idea, but that's why it's so amazing, right? Because you're celebrating you're celebrating your your nearest and dearest and your culture and it's and I'm being my like you it sounds cliche to say but your true authentic self but I I speak pigeon on there I talk how I want to I am I was you know my girlfriend was like you know what's so awesome about talk story Kendall I'm like what she's like you are you like that's really how you are in real life and that is the thing you know like when we talk about limited belief systems or what you know I was always this circle that had to fit in this box you don't have to you don't have to fit in the box is that you make your own lane and that's a, another thing too that that's worth the grit of like of you aren't competing against anyone else you're only competing with yourself and as long as you stay in your own lane and you're respectful of those around you you're gonna be just you're gonna be just fine <laughs> that's such great advice what is the greatest advice you've ever received Oh, I would say, and it's just come back to actually not haunt me, but come full circle. <laughs> I got to interview um, Go Talk Story in San Francisco with my Kumu Hula, who is a Kumu, a teacher of Hula, who was there in the Bay Area that I went from Honolulu to him um, to San Francisco to dance in a halal. And he told me, babe, do your best and do your own. 
That's nice. Do your best and do your own. So simple. And that's all you can do your own kind of like a a rendition of stay in your lane and just go, just go, just do it. You got this. Uh, Yeah. And I think when I look back on it, it was just always believing I have a great support system. I have a great family. I have great friends like you who are also just that, that mana, that energy and it's your tribe, you know, surround yourself. If things are weighing you down, say that they don't serve your purpose anymore and let them go as hard as it is. And we're going through some crazy, crazy times right now. And just like elevate one another is a big thing I believe in. Uh, you don't, it's some people, they're always saying that there's a race. There really is. There's no damn race. <laughs> there's no, there's no damn race. Amen, girl. <laughs> um, that is so true. And so important uh, to get into your bones, kind of like surrendering, right? It's, you can conceptually, understand mm-hmm. I need to surrender, but until you really get it into your bones, yeah, you know, that's when you start living it. That's when you start living it. And it goes back to that whole thing of like, I thought I was going to be 24 and married and have children and then have the career and the life. And then who said, who said, who told you that? Who told you you were supposed to live by those rules? And that Girl, limit it was that Disney. It was it was that- Walt's fault. Okay. Damn you, Uncle Paul. Damn you, Uncle No, and it's just, you know, I had my nieces over the other day and they were watching Moana and I was just like, I love that she saves herself and she saves her people, you know? Like, I'm used to the, 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 the sleeping beauties. Like, I'm not a sleeping beauty. I'm a hardworking beach, okay? <laughs> oh, I love that your niece said that. That's awesome. Moana, I mean, it's got to be one of the best ones right now. Let's be real. Yes. Let's so, be real. so good. Um, I would love for you to leave us with um, sharing one of your most, and I think I know the answer, but one of your most favorite gritty girls of all time. Oh, you know my answer. And I actually have a gift from you that is up on my desk. It is right in front of me. It says, what would Oprah do? But I have to tell you, Jilly, that is my favorite grit girl, but I just got one made that said, what would McKenna do? I'm going to cry. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) That's so good. It's so good. And you have to believe in yourself. I always say, trust your path, walk by faith, and believe that the best is yet to come. And I will live that to the day that I die. And I believe if you can just, I know sometimes it just gets rough. Life is so hard. Uh, But if you can believe that, you know, trust your path, walk by faith, and always believe that the best is yet to come, you're going to be okay. Oh, McKenna, beautiful. I love you. I love you so much. Thank you for having me. And I'm so proud of you. And I'm happy about this podcast. And I'm happy about all of the women that you're elevating and that you're talking about. I got to look over uh, just what you've posted so far. And these are some amazing women. We call them here in Hawaii, mana wahine. So keep doing you, girl. Do your best and do your own. And I love you. Come to Hawaii and visit, okay? Will do. Amen. Thanks, McKenna. Thanks for coming on. Love you so much. Aloha. This has been Gritty Girls, the podcast you come to for your dose of badassery and inspiration from some of the most influential, accomplished women on the planet. Please subscribe today. I would super appreciate it. I'm Jillian Christie. This is Gritty Girls, and we'll see you next time.